You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Either we win or we learn, and today we learn. Ardacha, Austin, shot at Isabel. It's in field to Mane, 25 yards out. Lovely ball for Pella. Onside, 1 0. Blue fast shot. Oh my word. It's unbelievable. We ran around a bit like Bambi on ice. It was very, very embarrassing to watch. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com. My name is Matt Markson. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thanks for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it and I hope that you enjoyed your Easter, even though it was probably different than you had planned. It's probably different than those you've had in the past. Um, and I hope also that it's the last one that's like this, like we can go back to just having normal type family celebrations and normal type, um, holidays and things in the near future. But of course we're all doing what we can to help limit the spread of this and get it over with as quickly as possible. And I think most of us are in places where the numbers are still growing. Um, that's definitely happening here in the United States where I am. Um, and it's very real. It's, it's a very real thing. So I hope that you're all kind of keeping well, um, over that. And, um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. It's, it's tough to go from global pandemic and people dying to talking about a podcast, like it's actually important, but in times like this, uh, if this is something that is that you were looking to, I guess, to kind of give you an escape, I hope it does. This week's guest is Patrick Surlis. He is the co-host of the Win the Saints podcast. He hosts that or co-hosts that with his brother, Jack. In this episode, we'll learn kind of all about Patrick, about uh, what his background is in journalism and how that kind of helped shape the podcast and uh, why he wanted to do the podcast in the first place. Um, and it's, it's, it's always a joy for me to be able to welcome uh, and talk to um, people who are involved in the, the Saints FC podcast community. It's a um, it's a growing place, but it's a place where I think all of us kind of uh, get along for the most part. All of us enjoy the work. Um, I enjoy the process of putting together a podcast. I enjoy listening to podcasts and to talk to other people who kind of share that, um, especially when it's around the team. I think it's uh, especially important to to me to be able to do that. And it's something that I, I truly enjoy. So hopefully you enjoy learning a little bit about Patrick and the podcast this week. Um, if you don't know a win the saints podcast, the links to the Twitter account and to the website are in the show notes. If you search for a win the saints podcast in your podcast app, you'll find it. The time we recorded, there were two episodes out at this point. There are three. Uh, so go and, and listen, he's got interviews on there with players and then Jack joins him and it's a, it's a good mix, but I'll let Patrick kind of fill you in more on that. Uh, and everything else that we talk about, including the Saints is one program and the wage deferral uh, scheme that the players have come up with. So it's been a really good week for Saints in terms of um, them doing good things and making what I would consider to be the right steps uh, to kind of help out in this time. But uh, I'll let you decide that for yourself and I won't uh, won't pass judgment on that. But Patrick and I will talk about all that and the podcast uh, coming up. So uh, enjoy it. Thank you again for listening. I hope that you are well and uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. 
I'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Patrick Serlis. He's the host or co-host, I don't know how you want me to say that, of the Oh When the Saints podcast. You can find them wherever you listen to podcasts and also on Twitter at OWT Saints Pod. Uh, Patrick, welcome to the show and thanks for taking the time to join me. Thanks very much for having me. Good to be here. Um, co-host is fine, by the way. Okay. All right. All right. Um, so, I mean, you are the co-host of the show and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that and uh, but there's other questions I have for you being uh, someone who, uh, if people hear your accent, you're obviously from the UK, but you now, um, they probably don't know this or may not know this yet, that you live in the United States. Um, but uh, but yeah, but just welcome and welcome to the United States and welcome to a global pandemic. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I've been in the US since December. Um, so yeah, kind of thrown at the deep end with a, with a coronavirus, but no, I'm enjoying it so far. It's good. I'm in Tampa, Florida. So very hot. Um, I moved out across from London. So climate wise, it's been a bit, a bit of an adjustment, but um, no, so far so good. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll probably get, I mean, I, th- I think Florida gets plenty of rain. It just comes in and is very kind of still hot and humid when it rains. And uh, my experience in London is that's not the case. It's, it's, it's yeah. cold and windy and, and nasty when it rains. Yeah. I think it's drizzle, drizzle in London. And then it's like torrential thunderstorms in Tampa. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been, very, it, the last week it's been very, very humid as well. Um, so it's kind of an acclimation process. Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when sports do come back, you'll have plenty to choose from in the Tampa area. Um, you know, American football yeah. wise, you have the Buccaneers, you have Tom Brady there now. I don't know if that makes you happy or sad, but as a Buccaneers fan, I'm kind of actually pretty excited about that. And then, uh, you have the Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, you have yep. Tampa Bay Lightning and the, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, all, all of which are, uh, uh, I enjoy watching them, I guess. Um, I mean, I'm a big NFL fan anyway. I kind of went up to all the Wembley games in, in London when I was living there. Okay. Um, I'm actually an Eagles fan. Um, not a massive Tom Brady fan, but the city seems very excited by the fact that he's arrived. So it's good for Tampa Bay, for the Bucks anyway. So I'm going to try and hopefully the NFL season goes ahead. Um, when September rolls around, but it'd be great to go down to the stadium there and watch that. And yeah, weirdly, the lightning seems to be the big attraction here. Yeah. Um, which is strange for me, for our ice hockey team to be the main sport in, in Florida. But they're, I think they're good, basically, which is the reason why everyone supports them. But um, I have to go and check out a lightning game as well once, once things return to normal. Yeah, that, my, the big thing is I don't really like basketball, and Tampa doesn't have a basketball team. So it's right. kind of, that, that was... Uh, and I, and I actually, when the Astros, my, my baseball team were in the American or in the national league, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could, I could feasibly root for the Tampa Bay Rays because that was, you know, they're in the mm-hmm. opposite league. It doesn't matter. And I like I liked Joe Madden, uh, the manager at the time. And they had a bunch of other players that I just really admired. Uh, now that we're in the same uh, league, I can't really, uh, Right. I do that, and nobody likes the Astros anyway. So I was going to say I don't know much about baseball. The one thing I do know is that nobody likes them. <laughs> yeah, the Astros are cheaters, and that's, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's it. <laughs> I'm not going to say that I would give up the World Series trophy, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe we got there without without actually deserving it. <laughs> well, one of the things about Tampa I've quite enjoyed actually before the coronavirus stuff um, all kind of kicked off was going to the spring training games, mm-hmm. um, which is I, I've never followed baseball at all before I moved here. Um, but the spring training was really fun, um, which is kind of where I picked up the whole Astros last, last year cheating. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so, so you, you got to get out to a couple of them then. Did you get to see, yeah. uh, who did you, who, I mean, did any, any of the games stick out? I mean, they're kind of different from like a, a well, you know, an actual baseball game, but they're, they're fun. It was good. It was, it seemed like kind of like a, 
it was we went to one in Bradenton, which is like an hour south of Tampa, and I, it was the Detroit Tigers against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, again, those teams mean very little to me, <laughs> but um, it was fun. It was like a nice little old stadium, um, kind of held more than about ten thousand uh, fans, but it was good. It was just like classic America, basically: hot dog stands, beer, baseball. Whoever was decent. It was just fun. Yeah, um, yeah. It's uh, so yeah. It's like warm weather training for for baseball teams, you know. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, it was great. Um, unfortunately, it got cut short. <laughs> I mean, so you're in Tampa now, but mm-hmm. you you grew up. Did you grow up in Southampton? Did you grow up in in London, or, or where where did where did life start for you? So I'm originally from West Sussex, uh, Horsham. Um, that's kind of where I went to school. I lived in America for three years when I was 11 to 14. My dad's job moved to um, just outside Philadelphia. Okay. So um, we lived yeah in Allentown, Pennsylvania for three years and then I moved back to Horsham um, and then I went to university in Birmingham and then graduated in 2011 and then I was in London basically for for eight years um, and then yeah and then now in Tampa so my dad's from Southampton originally that's why I mean I've got two brothers Jack who who's the co-host on the podcast with me we're all big Southampton fans and it's it's my dad's fault basically okay he, he grew up in Southampton and then what uh, I mean you had other choices. Like there was no other kind of chance to, to branch out from, from saints. It was, there's always going to be saints. I mean, I think, uh, when we were very young, we dabbled with other teams as, as you do when you're like six years old, you can tend to be a little bit of a glory hunter. Um, but no, I mean, we all, we all returned to Southampton. Um, there's not a huge amount of choice, like in West Sussex, it's kind of like Brighton is down there. Crystal palace is a South London team. Mm -hmm. Um, when we were growing up, Bournemouth were well down the league, so they weren't even really on the radar. And yeah, my dad, he, he kind of grew up in Southampton and was a big fan, we used to go to the games a lot, and he'd just take us, basically. So um, yeah, always been Saints. Good, good memories then of, of, of going down to the, with the team and with your dad to see the season Yeah, play. absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of what my first game would be. I do remember going to see... Um, one of my first memories is going to see us play at Selhurst Park. I think Wimbledon were playing, like, using the ground, using Palace's ground, and we went to go and see Wimbledon Saints. I also remember going to see us play Fulham one year, um, but that was when I was really, really young. And then kind of more recently, um, yeah, living in London, me and, me and Jack would try, me, Jack, and Tom actually would try and go to as many away games as possible. Mm-hmm. Just being in London, it's easy, easy to get around, so... Um, yeah, and my dad's a season ticket holder now. So whenever we get down to St. Mary's, we will always go and see, see him. He's got a, he's got a nice seat near the dugout. So he gets the gossip from the, uh, from the dugout. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, he pretends like he does. Um, but yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. So does he, is that like kind of what he looks forward to now that you guys are, are grown and, and you know, he's, is, I mean, maybe he's not retired, but he's probably nearing that time and. He just right. looks forward to heading down to the to the stadium. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So he he actually he splits the season ticket with someone that he knows, and then he's also a referee. Um, so like half the time he's refereeing um, around West Sussex, okay. and then the other time he's going and watching Saints. And then whenever we link up with him, and we're going, he, he goes to the home games, and we meet up with him there, and then we go to the away games sometimes. Okay. Well, we used to anyway when I was in when I was in the UK. Sure. Yeah. Now uh, it's someone Jack. <laughs> yeah, a little little bit uh, more of a trip now. Uh, exactly. Although the good thing is, like, I only had a few months of it, but 
being in the US, I get to watch more Saints here than I did in the UK because every game's on TV, basically. Yeah. Um, you, can watch, you can watch it all, which was part of the reason for me wanting to start the podcast, really, because I found myself watching more Southampton um, than I was able to in the UK because if you can't get to the games, we're not on TV that often on Sky. Right. Um, but here, in America, you can get any, any game at any time, which is great. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a blessing. And I feel, I feel bad for people who don't have access to that, you know? But yeah, um, yeah. at the same time, you know, if you have the opportunity to go to a game, like, there's nothing better than being there. But, Absolutely. But, but having access to every single match that we've played all season is pretty great. <laughs> it's good, yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Nothing, nothing compares to going to the games, but, um, but it's nice being able to to follow it um, so closely over here. So no, it's worked out so far. Yeah. And I think if, as long as they keep it around the, the, the price that it is, it's $60 a season and yeah. you can't, you can't, there's no complaints. It's just put that on auto renew and let it go. Cause it's, be... I mean, it's for me, that's good value. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, even you're in the UK, you're paying a hell of a lot of money for sky and you get, you don't get a pick of the game. So um, it's better value for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I can, I, I was kind of think back to if, if the NBC had for some reason decided to buy, the rights to, you know, uh, the Bundesliga or Serie A or something, I would have wound up watching that instead, I think, because... Oh, really? Yeah, it was... Uh, yeah, I had no connection to, to Southampton mm-hmm. or the Premier League at all. It was what was available when my son decided this is the sport we're going to focus on. And so, <laughs> and and then from there, I went on this, you know, very long journey of deciding what team I was going to support and mm-hmm. falling in love with, with Southampton. But um, yeah, it's, I'm glad I'm not watching... Uh, you know, Syria at this point now. Right. Right. Yeah. No, it's worked out. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely has. Um, so, I mean, when you were living in, in, in London or what, or when did, when, I guess, when did you start working for Sky Sports? Cause you're a former Sky Sports journalist. I don't know if that's what you're still doing now, but what, what was your, mm-hmm. I guess, how did you get involved with Sky and, and, and doing that? just journalism in the first place yeah so it was always something i wanted to do when i was at uni so i went to uni at, at birmingham um and I was, I was doing history but i was kind of working for the for the new university paper there and then when i came out and graduated in 2011 um and i just did some work experience at a small website called give me sport mm-hmm. um stayed on there kind of worked my way up a little bit um and then in 2015 um joined sky and I was, yeah, a digital sports journalist there, um, working on the football team. Um, and it was great. I was there for a couple of years. Um, what it basically involved was if you go on skysports.com or on the app that they've got, um, or on their social media, any kind of content that you'd see on there, um, the team that I was a part of would be responsible for creating that. So, um, it was a great experience, opportunities to go down and interview, uh, a lot of players, a lot of managers, a lot of the Sky talent that they've got there. A big part of the job, obviously, is promoting Sky TV. So, <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that we'd be doing is kind of chatting to Paul Merson, chatting to Jeff Stelling, Matt Letiz, um, and and kind of interviewing them and getting content from them that we could then turn around um, and put on put on SkySports.com. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a dream job, really, because. We'd be doing that during the week, and then on a weekend we'd come in um, and do either kind of live blog stuff. So if you were on, if you were following the blogs on SkySports.com, at some at some point between 2015 and 2017, I would have been doing the minute by minute for that, which was great. Um, a lot of fun coming in with um, with a bunch of other people similar age and and watching football basically and writing about it. Um, 
and then yeah, I was there for a couple of years, and then I ended up going back to, to give me support in more of a content management role. Um, and then I was there for a couple of years, and then left in 2019 and moved to America, um, and kind of gone through the long process of getting a green card, which yeah. finally arrived uh, a couple of weeks ago, which is great. Unfortunately, with the coronavirus um, and the economy taking a, a little bit of a turn for the worst, it doesn't seem like the best time to be job hunting, but that is what I will be doing um, as soon as, alongside, alongside the podcast. Yeah, as yeah. soon as things open up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that, that job at Sky Sports, like you said, would have been almost the dream. It's, it's a lot of football, a lot of people to bounce ideas off of, a lot of hard work, but, it, but work that you probably enjoyed. And then the chance to kind of talk to to some of the players and managers that probably, you know, most of us will never get that opportunity. Um, I mean, does anybody stand out or do you have like a, a favorite kind of person you were able to talk to that just, that just struck you as, as, as being slightly different than I guess the rest of them? Um, it's difficult to pick a favorite. I mean, to be honest, all of them there, all of the people that I spoke to there from, I mean, kind of Paul Merson was the one that I speak to most often just because he'd do his predictions column, <laughs> which, um, yeah, people take with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But he's he's such a nice guy and he would always kind of give you the time of day and it was very, very easy to talk to. And to be honest, most of them were really. Um, we used to do, um, he and Balaguer used to do a kind of weekly Q&A on Spanish football. At the time, Sky had La Liga when I was there. Um, so there was quite a lot of kind of heavy promotion of Barcelona and Real Madrid on Sky's channels. Um, and Balaguer would be a big part of that. And he was great as well. Um, he kind of, because he came through as a journalist, kind of, whereas the likes of Henri and Letizier and some of the other ones kind of came into the media through, through being kind of former professional footballers, um, someone like Balaguer kind of understood a bit more, I think, of what it's like to be uh, a young journalist and, and just starting out. And he'd be, he'd be really good in terms of like, advice and that sort of thing. Um, we used to do a Q&A with him um, on, on social media and on the website, which was great. Um, just trying to think if there was anyone else really that I speak to regularly. Charlie Nicholas as well. I mean, all of the names really are still are still at Sky. Um, yeah. There's not much turnover there, but um, he was really nice as well, really friendly. Yeah. Um, and as you said, it was just uh, it's it was such a nice environment to work because everybody was talking about something they really enjoyed. Um, so it was, it was a lot of passionate people, and you could had the opportunity to come in every day and talk about football, which was great. I'd say that like. The, what stands out to me when you hear a lot of people talk is like, you look at the, I mean, I think about the hours these people put in, the hours that are required to do that job. They're not, you know, my hours are, are 7.30 to 3.30. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I, you know, I have a pretty good schedule in terms of that. I have time with my, with my family and these guys are going to be out weeknights all weekends. And yet you don't hear them, I guess, kind of down, like, I yeah. guess criticize that, you know, they're, they're all out there and, and, and they are kind of, I don't know. I, I, I just always get the impression they really enjoy what they're doing. And I, I appreciate that. I think the older I get, the, the more I appreciate the fact that they're willing to, to put in those hours in that time. Definitely. I mean, it, there aren't many downsides to, to the job, but one of them absolutely would be the hours. Um, I mean, when I was at Sky, it was, I was on a seven day rotor, but the vast majority of the work really would be kind of afternoons and evenings. Uh, and weekends, I mean, it's just, that's just the way sport works. And if you go into sports journalism, you, you go in with the knowledge that that's how it's going to be really. Um, but to be honest, some of the, some of the most fun, some of the best shifts, um, were on the Saturdays 
working on a Saturday was great because there'd be so much football on. You come into the office um, at like one o'clock in the afternoon, get ready for the three o'clock games, do a three o'clock game, um, and then maybe do the five thirty game as well, um, which would be on TV. Um, and that would that would fly by. And before you know it, it's kind of nine o'clock, and you're getting ready. You've done eight hours then. And sometimes, you, you, as you said, you kind of go over a little bit, but you don't really mind if you've watched two games of football and and written a bit of written a bit of copy around it. Um, it's quite enjoyable. So those were the best shifts really on on a weekend. But at the same time, yeah, it's a lot of work, antisocial hours. So yeah. um, not the easiest. But you go in you go in knowing that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You kind of. It's one of those you just have to accept it. Right? It comes comes with the job. It comes with a job, yeah. And you just you just got to keep telling yourself you're watching football. So I would be doing that anyway. <laughs> yeah. I'd be sitting at home watching it, so I might as well come and get paid for it. So it yeah. worked out well. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess it did watching it in that manner. Did it change the you know, like your relationship with the game at all? I mean, not being able to maybe get to as many games with your dad, or you know, having the the TV feed for for so many different matches, does that does that change your kind of experience with with supporting the club or no? Um, it definitely meant that I wasn't able to go to many matches. So when I was like from about 2015 to 20, 2018, I didn't go. I wasn't able to get to many games just because I was working weekends. Um, in terms of changing the way I watched it, I guess it when occasionally um, our editor would put me on a Saints game just because he knew I was a fan, um, and it it is quite challenging <laughs> watching Southampton and doing a minute by minute update without getting too carried away, yeah, whether it's going well or whether it's going badly. Um, but you just kind of detach yourself a little bit from it. And when things are going well, um, it's great. When things are going badly, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, but I think that the more difficult thing was when I'd be doing a game sat next to somebody that was doing Southampton. And I don't know, but people, to watch Matt Letizier when he's on Soccer Saturday and he spends most of the time watching the Southampton screen when his game is something, when his game is kind of Newcastle v Watford and that's exactly what I was doing. I, I wouldn't be watching my game, I'd be watching watching Southampton so that was tricky but um, but no, it was good. It was fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, like I, I couldn't imagine doing because I, I sometimes, you know, I have friends who are Arsenal supporters or whatever and, and you know, we watch the Arsenal game or whatever and then I'll watch the Saints game later and I, I constantly, I hate it. Cause I'm just like, at this point, I'd rather, I'd rather sit at home by myself and watch saints than go somewhere else and socially watch another team, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just want to watch Southampton. Well, uh, I find it difficult to watch Southampton so like, out in a pub or watching it with friends anyway, just because I, I get so into it that I just, I just prefer to watch it on my own yeah. as weird as that sounds. But, <laughs> um, I don't mind watching other games socially when I don't have a stake in it, but when it's saints, I prefer just to watch it on my own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think for me, one of the things that I notice is like, I, I am very happy with the time slot that we have here. The 7am kickoff in, on the West coast is, is pretty nice because it means that really kids aren't up. My wife works a different schedule, so she's usually not awake. And I have kind of the, the two hours from 7am to 9am to just focus on the game. I take some notes. You'll find probably that uh, as games start to go and you're going to talk about it, you'll want to write some things down or whatever. Or, mm-hmm. and, and it's just way easier to do when you are, at home, if I'm out watching it somewhere socially, that means I have to go home and write those things down or rewatch it. And it never works out. Um, I, I, I've never paid quite as much attention that, that way. And then it, it turns into a real mess. Um, right. Long time yeah. listeners will know. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess now that you're, you're here, you, you, you seem to be enjoying the viewing experience that you had for the, the short while that you were able to actually watch it. Um, but I guess, 
are we okay to talk about like what what prompted the move over here in terms of of you know choosing to come to the UK the big big climate switch of course uh, yeah things but but what 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 prompted the move um, so my wife is American um, we've been living in the UK uh, for about three years we met in the US um, and she moved over to the UK um, and we were living in London um, and then last year we got married and we were kind of just having to think really where do we want to where do we want to settle down, US or UK? Um, and the US won out. So, uh, yeah, she works for a commercial um, real estate company that are kind of based all around the world. And they were quite flexible with her working in London or returning to the US. And they just, just happened to have a, an opening um, in Florida. So it, it was kind of, there was a few options for us to choose from between kind of Texas, uh, was one I think Florida was one, Chicago was another place where they had where they've got an office. Um, but we settled on Florida. Um, so then I left uh, Gimme Sport at the end of 2019 and kind of started the, the green card process then. So she went straight in straight into her job really properly at the start of 2020. Um, and I've kind of been sitting tight and twiddling my thumbs a little bit, which is part of the reason why. I wanted to start um, a podcast just to keep myself busy um, and productive. But yeah, with the green card arriving last or two weeks ago, I'll be looking um, starting the job hunt again and and more than likely staying in journalism, not necessarily sport. That's what I did in the UK. But as far as um, opportunities in Florida for kind of sports journalists, my early um, kind of uh, research into the job Jobs market is not quite the same as London, um, so I think I'll probably broaden my search a little bit and maybe go into news um, or something similar. I mean, my background is digital media. Um, it just so happens that I've worked for sports companies, so um, that's where I am at the moment. But yeah, and that's how we ended in Florida, basically. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I hope the job search goes well once you can actually. You know, it's, it's like it's kind of you know, I feel bad because had you gotten in just a few months before and kind of gotten into a job, you can do part of that job from home, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. digital media stuff, you still do have to talk to people and, and that, that can be difficult, but uh, just, yeah, it's just awful, awful timing. Yeah. I mean, it, we're, we're in a lucky place. Like, um, it's not too bad, honestly. Um, yeah. My wife's job is, is fine as far as the, as far as the pandemic goes and she's really busy. Yeah. Um, and, it's just a case of me keeping myself busy <laughs> yeah. and holding myself over until, um, yeah, until I find something permanent. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I know real estate people still have to work. Um, we, the, when the, when the stock market and the interest rates went down, we refinanced mm-hmm. our house immediately. Um, mm-hmm. and I was very, I'm kind of patting myself on the back and then I felt really <laughs> bad cause I'm watching just the world melt down as I'm <laughs> rejoicing over. Right. Um, uh, money saved, but, um, anyway, uh, that, that's that. but, um, I, I guess let's talk about the show because that's, that's kind mm-hmm. of what, uh, clued me in your, your first couple of episodes. I don't want to the spoiler, but they're out and, and you've gotten some, some, some people on the show that, that I think a lot of saints fans would, would like to hear about, but, um, why don't you just tell me a, a little bit about kind of what the, what the show is. It's called, Oh, when the saints, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean, just tell me, I guess, a little bit about the format and, and who's doing it. You and your brother are doing it, but like just what, what people can expect. Yeah, sure. I mean, so I'd been involved in a couple of podcasts kind of behind the scenes when I was at Sky and Give Me Sport. Um, and it always something that would interest me. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, it's me and Jack, my, my younger brother. Um, and the format basically is what we wanted to do was kind of have, a, have an opportunity for us to talk saints. But then our goal really is to speak to somebody um, with a link to Southampton each week. Um, and so far, yeah, we've spoken. The first episode that we launched with was, was a chat with Steve Derrida, which was great, um, catching up with him. Um, I've got great memories of that championship team. It was probably when I was going to games the most was around that kind of 2011, 12, and then 12, 13 season. So um, Steve Derrida was someone that was kind of like a super sub around that time. And it was a lot of fun um, speaking to him about his role in the team, um, the goal that he scored against Reading, which I was at that game and and was amazing. Um, And then, yeah, then episode two, we spoke to uh, Jos Hoyveld, which he was great as well. That's such a nice guy. Um, and yeah, again, spoke about the championships promotion season, a bit about what he's up to now. Um, so that's the format, really. We just kind of want to talk Saints and then we'll introduce a guest each week. Not necessarily a player or a former player. Um, we're kind of going to try and reach out to whether it's coaches, whether it's other fans or journalists. Um, from my time at Sky, um, I try and tap into some of the contacts there that, that I made from Sky and maybe get get some some former well, current journalists on as well just to kind of broaden it out from just, just Southampton. Um, but yeah, so far, so good, enjoying it. Um, we've got a few things lined up for the next couple of weeks, which I won't reveal who we, we've got on yet, um, just because I'm not 100% sure of the timing-wise of what, what interview we'll release at what time. But... Again, it's a combination of uh, players and kind of former employees at Saints that we just basically want to get, get them on and have a chat about their memories of the club. Um, quite fortunate in the sense that from the kind of League One promotion season onwards, Southampton had um, a good few years of, of, of real, real progression and great success. And there's some great people out there that are either still at Southampton or have gone on to other roles um, in football that are only too happy to talk about um, that sort of era at Saints. So, so far it's been great. It's been a pleasure speaking to those guys. And um, and yeah, we the plan is for us to to um, to publish a, a new episode every Monday morning. So um, I'm doing it. I'm producing it from the US and then publishing it at 6:30 um, a.m. every Monday morning. So that's where you can that's where you that's when you can find it. All right. Is that, is that Eastern time or, uh, that's UK time. Okay. That's UK time. So I saw, yeah, we, we do the interviews. We're trying to do the interviews in, in the week prior. And then me and Jack will have a chat, um, talk about whatever the kind of latest news is around Southampton. Um, will be a little bit easier when the games start again. Um, but then we, uh, we produce it and kind of get it all, all lined up on Sunday night and then publish it Monday morning. Yeah. 630 UK time. Yeah. Ready for the commute. Exactly. Ready for the commute. Yeah. So yeah, it's been good so far. It's been enjoyable. Um, yeah, Steve and Jos were, were, were great to talk to, and it's just fun, like reminiscing about that team. Really, it's, yeah. it was such a it was such a great season. Um, so yeah, really enjoyed it. Well, good man. I'm I'm glad. I I've enjoyed the first two episodes. Um, I, I I told you before, and I think people probably know. Like I really like podcasts. Like I enjoy listening to them. So yeah. Um, the fact that I have another one to listen to, and it's it's interviews that, um, with people that I that are just before my time in terms of, mm-hmm. of watching the team, but that are in talked about enough and come up enough on saints, Twitter and things like that, that they are they're They're there. And so it's nice to, to hear about them. 
Yeah. Um, I just hope that you continue to find success in getting people to come on the show. Um, yeah. And hopefully I, and part of, part of what I was going to ask you is, you know, do, do you feel like your time at sky in terms of doing that stuff kind of helped prep you for, for getting either convincing people to come on the show or just, you know, kind of setting those things up and making guests feel comfortable and getting them to say kind of the things you want them to say, even though that's not really kind of what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's less what we're, we're trying to do, really. I mean, I, I definitely think it's helped in the sense of giving me the confidence to approach people and just say, look, we're not really, it's, this is a supporter, with me and Jack are both fans, we're fans of Southampton, we're not trying to catch anybody out, um, we're not kind of doing an investigative, investigative podcast, we just want to talk Saints, basically, um, and kind of the, the skills that I've got from Sky and from Jimmy Sport have just basically given me the, the confidence to go and, and approach those people and say look um this is the sort of things we want to talk about with you um and and this is how we can do it um and so far the reception has been really good uh, i think it will be a challenge um as time progresses to to continue getting people um on every week but i mean so far it's been good and we've got lots of ideas for people that we want to speak to um as time goes on so so yeah i think it's definitely it's definitely helped me for sure. Um, and just in terms of the preparation side of things for a podcast, I think, I think you'll know this, but for people that may not, may not know, it's just that the amount of time and the amount of um, research required um, is massive when you're, when you're kind of setting up a podcast and when you've got guests on. Um, and that kind of interview side of things is something that I really enjoyed when I was at Sky and kind of digging into the research and thinking about the sorts of questions that would be interesting for people to listen to. Um, so I think that's definitely helped me. Um, it's something that when you really enjoy doing it, you don't, you don't really mind setting aside a couple of hours of your free time to, to think of questions for Yoss um, to answer the next day because it's just fun. Um, so yeah, from that yeah. side of things, it's been, it's, been, uh, it's been a definite help. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of think about, have they already answered this question before and right. are you going to get you know, you don't want to ask the question that gets you just the soundbite answer that they're kind of pre, like it's almost just like a, a ritual yeah. for them to, to fall into. You know, you got to come up with something and, and, and I have zero journalistic training, um, but, but I have, you know, tried to, you know, listen to people who are journalists and kind of take what they've said about, about going mm-hmm. to do, uh, do interviews and, and things like that. And so it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, it, it's, it's nice to, to have somebody who's, you know, skilled at that and getting, and getting, um, I, I guess down to the heart of what we all kind of want to know as, as Saints fans. And, um, it seems like the, your conversations with, with the two, uh, on the two episodes you've had so far have been, have been good. It seems like you've really enjoyed them, that they've really enjoyed mm-hmm. them. And sometimes that's not always the case when you get, uh, footballers who are on, you know, they're giving up their time and you only have so much time and, and you're, I think you're making good use of it. Uh, I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the approach that me and Jack want to take really is to be quite quite casual in our conversations with, with um, people that we get on. We kind of want it to be quite relaxed and laid back. And, um, and so far, we've been, been quite fortunate. I mean, Jos, for people that have seen him in interviews before, his personality is he's a good laugh anyway. Um, and, and he has a lot of fun, which is great. Um, so we've, we've, it's easy when you're kind of talking about... Um, like good times for Southampton because Jos and Steve have amazing memories of, of those teams and mm-hmm. being part of like really tight knit um, groups of players that, that really got on. And that was that's something um, that, that really comes across when you speak to them. And it's, 
what, what me and Jack kind of want to try and get out when we speak to these people is, is kind of a little bit of a glimpse inside of what it was like in the dressing room um, for players like Yoss and Steve, um, when they're, whether they're playing under Adkins or Pochettino or just a, just a little bit more of a, a kind of behind the scenes look rather than necessarily going through some of the questions that you might have heard um, them answer elsewhere on kind of toughest opponent or favourite goal or that sort of thing. Like those questions, those questions are good and we, we will ask those as well. But I'm kind of more interested in what it was like from a day-to-day perspective being a Saints player when, um, when, we, when kind of things are going well and things are going less well. So, yeah. so far it's worked out. Um, but that's the kind of approach that we're trying to take. Well, a couple of years down the line when you get Pellegrino on. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what some of those players have to say about that. Um, yeah, that might be a bit trickier um, to get to get um, some good stories out of that. But, um, but yeah. Um, I mean, Ben, ben John, and, and I... Uh, the host of the Total Saints podcast and the Saints of Sea podcast, we would joke uh, privately on on Twitter on messages and stuff about the fact that we all started our shows and the team just tanked, um, <laughs> and it's been just nothing but but you know kind of a a rough patch in, in terms of, of what we've done. So it, it's well, yeah, I can I think I can in this in the same vein. Uh, <laughs> we we launched uh, well. I started tweeting about us launching. We lost one nil. No, we lost 3-1 to West Ham. We lost 1-0 to Newcastle. And then the whole season stopped. So, <laughs> so um, timing-wise, not the best. Yeah, it's almost like we should... I bet you if we stop doing podcasts, we'll just... We'll win Maybe. the league or something. But Maybe. Uh, you know what? You, you may have done us the biggest favor ever because you know you potentially prevent Liverpool from winning the league, which that might be... Oh, my God. That would be amazing. That is... Like, yeah. That's a... Well, it's taking one for the team, I think. That's a, a, a professional red card from you. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I like it. Oh, that'd be so good. I mean, that's one of the few positives that have come out of this. Um, and I'm not someone that like bashes Liverpool just for the sake of it, although I do do that as well. Um, some one of my good friends is a massive Liverpool fan, and I take a huge amount of pleasure from the fact that he was he thought he was so close to to kind of ending however many thirty years of not being um, a league winner, and then to get so close, it's it's very very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. You can't you can't count things until they're until they're official until it's on the club website. It hasn't exactly. happened. Yeah. Um. I I guess I, I did want to ask you. I mean, what has the the coronavirus been? Kind of the most damaging thing or most challenging thing for you or was there anything else in terms of starting the show you said you were kind of involved behind the scenes before has there been a maybe a challenge that that being on mic and and kind of doing that side of it has been different or or what's been the challenging thing for you yeah i mean being on mic was one of the things and me and jack did some kind of practice stuff just to to kind of get more comfortable with it um i'd say as far as the coronavirus stuff goes trying to look on the positive side in the sense that it's given me a little bit more time to think about the people that we'd want to get on um, and a little bit more time to just take a step back and, um, and plan a little bit better than I would have done because we, we were planning to kind of jump straight into it after the international break, kind of ahead of the Watford game. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we still did launch then with a kind of our first episode with Steve, it was more of a, um, because obviously there was no games going on, it was more of a just a, so far we're just having like chats with with former players um, about their memories, which is which is good. And when the season starts again, or when the new season starts, whichever 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 one happens, yeah. um, I think we'll be at a point where we'll be much. The process of creating the podcast will be will be um, much smoother um, and much quicker for us. So when the games come thick and fast, we'll be 
will be a bit more seasoned um, when it comes to creating a podcast, which is good. Trying to look on the positive side of things. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, but obviously, it's not the best timing. Um, but um, yeah, the sooner the games come back, the better, really. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I was kind of, you know, looking around it at, uh, mm-hmm. you know, our response here in California and around the United States versus the response in England and the UK were slightly different. And so mm-hmm. we were looking like we were going to be off off school for for a time and then it looked like things were still going to go ahead in england and i was like well you know at this point i'm going to have all this time off not i mean i'm still working from home but off and football is going to be on champions league games i'm going to buy the you know, the the subscriptions to the champions league i'm just going to have football on all the time it's gonna be great and then all of a sudden just <laughs> stop so uh, i know yeah i i i will sh- admit to the fact that i watched a a simulated baseball game the other day because they had actual <laughs> announcers on um and uh yeah, it's not. I'm not proud of that moment, but it it, well, it happened. I had it on the, the whole game. So uh, Astros lost, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I haven't I haven't quite done that yet. I mean, there's a lot of play like Saints are doing these FIFA games that um, I haven't brought myself to watch that yet. Um, not not particularly. Uh, I haven't been haven't played FIFA for a long time. But some of the stuff that I have liked is is the um, the Saints rewind stuff that they've been doing has been really good. Yeah, just like so desperate for any kind of football. Look at yesterday. Um, I watched uh, the England, the FA put up on their YouTube, Germany, uh, Germany, England, the five-one game, and I was like, you know what, I am actually going to watch this because I haven't watched football for so long. Yeah, it was just like the full ninety minutes, and it was really nice. Um, <laughs> so yeah, more of that, please. Yeah, my my searching on YouTube has shown me that there's a lot of games on on YouTube where Saints mm-hmm. lose um, yeah. because it's other teams putting them up, and it's like, well, it's not not my favorite, but no. it is it's still football and some of it's good football and some of it's not. Um, yeah. yeah. My, my FIFA is, is uh, basically my daughter and I are playing a season. Um, okay. She chose wolves. Uh, we're in the relegation zone and okay. um, <laughs> we're apparently playing with the, the, the three, the three, four, three or the three, five, two is, is, is a uh, more difficult than it looks when you're trying to play with a nine year old, but that's it. So, um, I mean, what's the easiest way for people to find the show? Uh, is it, you're on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. At um, OWT Saints Pod. Uh, what? Where else? I mean, the show kind of shows up all over wherever kind of people listen. But uh, is there yep. a specific phrase to search for to make it easier to find? Um, so, I mean, to be honest, the, the easiest place to go at the moment is to go to to our Twitter. So, yeah, as you said, at OWT Saints Pod. Um, if you're on Spotify, on all of the kind of Spotify, Apple. Um, all of the kind of third party podcast apps mm-hmm. we're all we're on there as well i would just the best thing to do is to search i win the saints um kind of all all spelled out and and we pop up then um so yeah so whether it's stitcher radio public google Podcasts, if you, if you type in i win the saints um you'll find us there otherwise come to come to our twitter page yeah all right all right uh in i mean we now have uh, we're covering the the gamut of, of podcasts in terms of what saints are doing uh, everything from the club's official site to a number of fan shows. And it's a lot of fun. Like I can say that you're, if you haven't talked to any of the other guys yet, I, you're, you're joining, I, I would say a, a very fun, a very encouraging uh, kind of community of, of people who really enjoy talking about the club and sharing time with one another and, and, and doing this. So uh, welcome. And uh, I hope you, I hope you. you enjoy it. Thank you. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, honestly, um, so far the welcome has been great. So, um, to chatting with you and to chatting with some of the other guys as well. Um, 
yeah, it's a it's a fun community community to be part of, and we're all Saints fans, so it, it's fun chatting about Southampton with with um yeah with all you guys. So yeah. um, we do have a couple of things that went on at the club, even though it's not football directly related. Um, yeah, you know the the Saints is one thing came out. Uh, it was actually out in time to talk about it last week a little bit, but I mean, the the big thing this week was the club statement about the first team and the management and uh, kind of the board people kind of all taking a pay cut of her furloughing or um, deferring some of their pay, I should say, uh, in 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 terms of making it so that the rest of the staff who like will be paid their full salary. And I mean, as someone who I, I guess. It feels very fortunate to be, you know, still being paid during this time to see the club kind of do that. I think it stands out as, is our club doing my, my first interpretation or my first kind of reaction is that they're, they're really doing the right thing. They are making a big statement mm-hmm. to the the community and everybody else and the people that they, that work for them, that, you know, they are important and they're members of that. And, and I don't know how you kind of reacted to that when you saw that as well. No, the same way, really. I think just across the board, Southampton have, um, have handled the whole thing absolutely brilliantly. Um, I think they've kind of had the benefit of standing by and watching some of the other clubs flail a little bit and get lots of bad press. I mean, me and Jack talked about it last week as far as Tottenham and Liverpool are concerned. And obviously Liverpool walking theirs back a little bit, but as, from the Saints as one campaign through to the statement um, the other day, um, and even the stuff that they've been doing on social media um, and kind of getting fans engaged with the Saints Rewind and um, it's all, they've, they've handled it brilliantly. Um, and, and yeah, the, the, the wage deferment thing is, it, it's, it's such a good um, initiative and results in quite rightly, they get great PR for that um, because being the first, being the first club to do it is a big deal, um, especially when the whole conversation around um, footballers and uh, coronavirus previously had been kind of negative in the sense of whether they should take pay cuts um, and different clubs laying off or furloughing workers. The kind of whole conversation around it had been quite negative, negative. Um, and in the last few days with with Saints' announcement and then the players together announcement as well it's kind of it's turned it into a positive which has been great and and it's amazing that Southampton have been such a a key driver um in turning that conversation into a positive so nothing but um nothing but praise really for the club which is it's as a fan it's great to be able to sit here and be in this position because I speak to well other other Liverpool fans and they're embarrassed basically by their club I mean they were embarrassed obviously they're happy now that they've turned the kind of support of pressure and and public pressure has, has, has meant they've turned it around. But the supporters, it is embarrassing when your club does um, does stuff like that because you want to be able you want to be able to kind of be proud of the values that they represent. Um, especially when clubs are quite vocal about being family clubs and that sort of thing, um, to, to kind of turn around and furlough workers, um, it's kind of mixed messaging. So as far as Southampton goes, yeah. Very, 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 very pleased to see that statement come out yesterday, and and they've quite rightly got a lot of credit for it. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know Southampton doesn't always get that. I think a lot of times the fans, um, at least on Twitter, and I don't, I can't speak to anything mm-hmm. other than that. Sometimes the 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 idea or the the thought is that the the fans and the people who make the club actually work, the all the people who do everything other than play on the field, 
um, get left out of these things and get left mm-hmm. out of, or, or, or get kind of our second thoughts almost. And uh, the financial statements about the club have come out, you know, they're, they're taking a loss. Um, you know, there's been rumor of, of the, the chairman, you know, potentially selling the club and just to have all that kind of put aside, I think, and just say, look, the community and these people are important and we are going to do this, which means, you know, these people are taken care of first and foremost. I think that is the the best thing you can do kind of any, any time. And it makes, as you said, makes me very proud of the club. And it's like, um, writing the newsletter, we're speaking Friday afternoon, but writing the newsletter last night just meant that I get to sit there and just really be happy about what the club's doing rather than complaining about results or, or just complaining that there is no football because it sucks, but yeah. the club is doing uh, good things aside from that. Yeah, definitely. Like I'm, we're fans here, but at the same time, like not afraid to be critical when the club does things that you don't agree with. But on this case, they've, they've, they've done absolutely done the right thing. And I think they've, as I said earlier, they've handled it really well. Um, right from the, yeah, the Saints as one campaign to, to the way that they've communicated it. Um, to the fans on social media. I think the whole thing has been first class, so they deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do appreciate the fact that they took, they seem to take a couple of days, not off, but a couple of days to plan what the what the content was going to be like coming through the social media channels. Mm-hmm. And then since then, it's been pretty consistent with with things that are getting, I mean, uh, they, they're doing, they did, they, did a, they did a pub quiz kind of thing. They did, yep. you know, some, some countdowns and some goals. They have people that are on there hosting it. I think they had Romeo on it at some point. Like they, yep. they are doing a lot of really good things to help, you know, not just pass the time, but help keep people engaged with the club and, and give them something to look forward to. Because I think for a lot of us, and especially I think people who live in the Southampton area and who go to matches like that, that's such a big part of their week and their day. And it's what they kind of look forward to so often that if, you miss that. And then now you're stuck at home and you you're missing that one thing that you know, maybe you look forward to. Um, it can, it can you know leave you in a, in a, in a bad place. And I say mm-hmm. that as somebody who lives in California where it's sunny most of the time, but I still am struggling with that a little bit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've really enjoyed the, um, well, I missed the JPT, um, full match thing that I did. I was, uh, yeah, I missed that, but stuff like that I've really enjoyed. Um, the, the rewind they did with the top 100 goals, um, mm-hmm. I thought that was really brilliantly done. And yeah, I mean, as we discussed earlier, kind of so starved of football, I'd love to see them do more kind of 90-minute ma- match rewinds because they're picking some good games. It's great to watch. It's great memories, and it's, it's just fun to watch a full match again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if they're listening, can we get some more 90-minute um, Southampton rewinds? Because that, that would be great. I, I'll just say I don't think they're not listening. I've been doing this long enough. I've tried to say certain things to get people to know. Nobody's ever said anything, so oh, maybe, okay. maybe not. But next time, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, yeah. maybe they'll know. Maybe they, maybe they will. Who knows? They they, they may be uh, looking for things to do as well. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, we do have a, a listener question here, and and one of the things that I was kind of thinking about is as a, as a school teacher, you know, our, this, the football season kind of runs the same time frame as, as the school year. So I can travel at Christmas. I can travel at, at spring break, which is now, but really that means that, you know, we're not going to leave during Christmas because we have family and all that other stuff. And, and spring break is normally a time where we just go camping. But, uh, you know, for me, if there was football over the summer, this would be, you know, I have time off. I actually had a plane ticket to Chicago for the, uh, the saints kind of get together that was supposed to happen in, uh, around the Watford game. So yeah. I, now I have a credit and I'm thinking in my head, like secretly, like if football goes over the summer, 
Like mm-hmm. you mentioned spring training, there are very few things better than warm weather, uh, you know, an evening kind of football or, or baseball or whatever it is. And just, just, you know, that idea that we could potentially have that in England over the summer and I could potentially go and sque- squeeze in three games in a, in a week and a half. Um, it's pretty exciting to me. Um, but the question comes here from Kevin McGee, who's one of the, the patrons. He says, mm-hmm. um, he says football on summer nights or uh, cancel the season. So Liverpool do not win the league. <laughs> what, what would you choose? Um, that is a tricky one. I mean, I've, I think I, ultimately I would like the season to be finished um, at this point, even as much joy as I would take from, <laughs> um, from Liverpool not winning the league. And as funny as that would be, um, I think ultimately, I think the, the FA and the Premier League have got about until, I'd say the end of May, really, to kind of put a plan together to play through the summer. Um, I wouldn't necessarily try and interrupt next season, I know there's lots of different discussions about whether um, whether next season could be pushed back and um, and whether you could do away with certain competitions to to make the calendar work. Um, and you've obviously got international breaks in there that could be condensed a little bit to push the start of next season back and still fit it in before Euro Euros next summer. Um, but from my point of view, I'd rather them either play through the summer and condense it all and finish the season or get to early June and just say, okay, we're going to call it now and we're going to start the season again in August or September or whenever it's safe to do so. Um, so I appreciate it. It's a little bit of a, <laughs> my personal point of view, I think try and finish the season. Leave it as long as possible to try and finish the season. But there comes a point when you've just got to call it and start again next season. Yeah. What are your, yeah. Thought, your thoughts on that? On uh, that question? Well, I mean, selfishly, I really want to see football, right? Like, yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of feel like they're like Liverpool's going to wind up with a title, either way. Like, I, I don't know. I have a really hard time imagining they're just going to say the whole season is null and void, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I think that happened back, you know, World War II times, but I don't know that has really happened since then. I don't know kind of what the protocol is for that. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to see football go again, and as you said, like. There is a, a there there is at some point a, a a time when they just have to say, look, next season's got to go ahead. Um, this season, in terms of, of broadcasting revenue and everything else, is already a disaster. Um, yeah, you know, so uh, they're gonna have to make a decision at some point. And I'm I'm kind of one of these people who will, I'll wait and see and realize that there is no perfect answer and everybody's gonna be upset uh, no matter kind of what happens. So I'll I'll try not to be that guy. Um, but it's, uh, it, I would really like to not see Liverpool win the title. And I say that having friends who support Liverpool, um, and it's not just to, to rub it in their face. It's just, yeah, I just want, I want all the books to still be true that then they write about how many years it's been since they've won it. I still want those to, to hold true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just makes it easier for everybody. But, um, exactly. yeah, I agree. And, and, and honestly, you know, if, if Southampton, if I can't go to England and see Southampton play this summer. Uh, there are there are teams around me. It's uh, granted a couple hours drive or whatever, but um, mm. you know uh, we'll 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 find football uh, some at some point to watch on a night summer night. And I'd say last last year we went to Fresno and watched the the second division in the U.S. play, and it was okay. like 103 degrees at kickoff, and it was 7:30 oh at God. night. Um, it doesn't need oh, to be wow. that warm, but I'll take warm weather in football. So <laughs> it, it, warm I weather. think I think um, yeah, I, we just need football back. Basically, yeah. I was sitting I was sitting down last night kind of scrolling through Twitter as you do. Um, and I follow Adam Schefter, who's um, like an NFL reporter. And I, you'll be familiar with him, but for, I guess for people in the UK, they might not be familiar with him. 
And um, he tweeted something about um, uh, an official in California. I think it was Santa Clara. I'm not sure where that is in relation to where you are, but um, saying that he doesn't think there'll be any sport, well, any, yeah, any sport until Thanksgiving at the earliest. And I just read that and I was like, oh man, it just depressed me so much. I was yeah. like, that cannot be. That cannot be. Like yeah. I'm, I in my head, I'm holding out for like June. Yeah. Um. So hopefully, things will start to. Um. I think by the end of May, things will, will be, um, heading in the right direction, and if we can start having conversations about restarting sport in June and July, I think I'll be relatively. I'd take that right now. Put it that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I don't know how it'll look when it happens either. If it means that everybody's back in the stadiums and doing this, or if they'll mm. say, you know, the social distancing thing has to. The yeah, social distancing has to, has to continue beyond that because that may be the best way to prevent a second spike. And, and, you know, yeah. I'm not a doctor. I, I'm, mm. I'm going to do what they tell me because my wife had, had the coronavirus and she's, she had mild symptoms, but she, she had okay. it and she's healthy now. And, uh, we're, we feel very fortunate. We have friends who are not being so, so lucky with it now, but, um, and we don't even live in a big city. So I, right. I can't imagine living in San Francisco or, or Tampa or anything else where it's, you know, they have all these people packed into a, a small area. So, um, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll have to kind of wait and you know, see we'll how it plays out, but we'll, we'll just hope for, for safety and everything else. And then also, you know, getting our lives back together. Yeah. On the, on the one positive side, I mean, I know I've just said that about Thanksgiving, but on the positive side, I did see an article in the New York times, um, saying, uh, that Bundesliga are planning to come back in May or they're putting plans in place to come back in May. And, and some teams like Bayern Munich had just started to return um, to training, like not full-on training, but had started to get the players back in, um, back in their in their um, facility. So if they can do that, and the, the report actually mentioned that it would be behind closed doors, um, they try and finish the season kind of from mid end of May onwards, and and kind of play it through from then through to June behind closed doors. So if that goes ahead. I'll be watching a lot of Bundesliga in May. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we get yeah. Uh, you'll get a lot of Bayern Munich because that's really what they like to show. Um, yeah, this is Fox. Fox does that uh, Fox. pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So, well, for us in California or in the in America, I don't know. I don't know what the coverage is like in in the UK. I won't pretend to know, but I think uh, it's on BT. I think it's on BT Sport. Oh, that's that's what it was last last year. It might change this season. Um, but yeah. Now, as as somebody who formerly worked for Sky, do I have to put a beep over BT, or do I can I? Can I <laughs> no, you don't. No, that's fine. All right. Uh, left a long time ago, so um, no, that's fine. All right. Well, um, I mean, do you have anything else you you kind of like to add? Um, not really. I mean, just just to say again, thank you very very much for having me and for inviting me on. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, although there being no football at the moment, it is still nice just to to talk Saints. Um once a week. So yeah, really, uh, really enjoyed this, this opportunity. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Pleasure was all mine, Patrick. And I, I appreciate it. And, uh, people can once again, check out the show, uh, kind of wherever they listen, the link, um, to your Twitter account, uh, which is O at O W T saints pod. And also, uh, to the, the kind of website that comes up with, uh, the podcast uh, is there. So people can click directly from there and, yeah. and listen, it's, it's all, it's all in the show notes. So people can find that hopefully. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate um, the, the work you are doing, um, enjoy the show and I hope that you continue to, to enjoy your time doing it. Thanks very much, Matt. Appreciate it. And 
that does it for this week's episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to Patrick Serlis. He's the co-host of the oh, When the Saints podcast. He hosts that along with his brother, Jack. Um, the first three episodes are out now. So if you haven't listened already, uh, you should. At this point, it's all players around the 2011-2012 season that are on the show, but uh, there will be more to come, as Patrick said, in the show. So um, enjoy it if it sounds like something you would enjoy. If you want to follow them on Twitter, you can do that. It's at OWT Saints Pod. The links are in the show notes as well as the link to the show website. Uh, If you also uh, just search for it in your podcast app, Owen the Saints Pod or Owen the Saints, uh, it should come up. Just look for the one that looks like a soccer ball not a church service and, and it'll be there if you want to follow this show while you're on social media you can do that we are at sfc d-e-l-l underscore i-v-e-r-y on both twitter and instagram we're also on facebook at facebook.com forward slash sfc delivery there was no underscore in the facebook address if you want to skip all of that and just go straight to the show website you can do that southamptondelivery.com there you can find links to all the social media stuff all the shows and uh, also you can sign up for the newsletter that comes out each and every friday Partners of the show truly make it great. The Southampton page on Twitter and Instagram keep you up to date with everything going on with the team. Uh, you can find them at Southampton page on Twitter and at Southampton page one on Instagram. Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram does the logo for the show. So special thanks to Matt. Um, he's great. As is the logo for the show. As is the team we support. As shown by, you know, what they did this week. So uh, anyway... Also, all music comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games, and the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Boddington Bear. That does it for this week. I hope that you are safe and well, uh, and uh, I look forward to talking to you again next week. Uh, We'll be back, but until then, remember together to march on. People don't always feel like the club has their best interests at heart. And these are the people. There's the dog. Um, we're eventually going to get another one of those, which I am not happy with. Um, I think that's, I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a small dog bark that is just annoying because you have to cut it out. I think that one's good enough. I probably just get to leave that in. You leave um, that one in? Okay. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> um,